Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For over 10 years, VOC Nation has taken listeners behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Our hosts are not only experts on the business, but have lived in the business. Subscribe and hear weekly podcasts from hosts like legendary pro wrestling journalist Bill After, former Impact Wrestling star Wes Briscoe, former WWE and AWA broadcaster Ken Resnick, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, former WCW star The Maestro, NWA legend, the Raging Bull, Manny Fernandez, and much more. VOC Nation programming is free on most major podcasting apps, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Radio.com. And video podcast and bonus content is available on Patreon for as low as $3 a month. What are you waiting for? Head to VOCNation.com and dig into the most comprehensive podcast network built for pro wrestling fans. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at VOC Nation Wrestling Network and follow us on Twitter at VOC Nation.
Welcome, everyone, to WCW Retro. I'm your host for the evening, Papa Stro, the maestro of wrestling here. Great to be here with you guys once again. This is the place to be, folks. We talk about past, present, future professional wrestling, but so much more. You never know who's going to call in. It's after fun right here in WCW Retro, the Wild Wild West, the podcast. Uh, uh, always fun to be here with you guys. It's always every Thursday night. And uh, lots to talk about tonight, including the big topic of the evening, wrestling dances. So if you guys have a favorite wrestling dance over the years by your, one of your favorite wrestlers that you would like to share, please call in. Anytime during tonight's live WCW Retro Podcast at 914-338-1885. Once again, that number is 914-338-1885. I'm, I'm dying to get your feedback on this uh, special topic. Uh, it's pretty unique indeed. Uh, I've, I've already had a lot of comments uh, when um, advertising about tonight's show with um, the topic, wrestling dances. I've, I've had some saying that, oh, they can't wait to check it out, to others saying, you know, enough for the dancing. It should be all wrestling and and all that. So I've had various opinions on this topic here. So uh, I'm, I'm anxious to see what you guys think. So uh, call in anytime tonight, 914-338-1885. Before we get to wrestling dances and other wrestling news tonight, uh, I'd like to make a sh- some shout-outs and news or the announcements, if you will. Shout-out to Masters of Ring Entertainment or MastersOfRingEntertainment.com. They have a big show, I think, coming up uh, later on this summer. I believe in June. So please uh, give them some love at mastersofringentertainment.com. Find out what the event's all about and who's all going to be there. Uh, I've, I've heard the grapevine uh, uh, appearance by Kurt Angle, uh, as has been mentioned, uh, Shannon Moore, uh, an, an AEW star as, as well. So uh, it looks like it's a pretty stacked lineup. So uh, check it out, mastersofringentertainment.com. Check out the Fishing with Special Friends at FishingWithSpecialFriends.com. They have an event coming up on High Point May 7th. So give them some love. FishingWithSpecialFriends.com. Uh, CauliflowerIslandClub.org. Find out what they're up to. That's their website. Check out the Cauliflower Island Club. Find out what they're up to. CauliflowerIslandClub.org. Um, Innovative Hybrid Wrestling at the Maritimes there in Canada. Find out what they're up to at IHW Wrestling. Uh, in the Facebook search, facebook.com slash IHW Wrestling. Um, yes, uh, lots, of, lots of things happening. Uh, as far as TV and film news goes, um, uh, current films are out, starring yours truly. Uh, Sense of Iniquity, which you can check out at Vimeo, V-I-M-E-O dot com slash Turnerverse, just like it sounds, T-U-R-N-E-R. Verse, B-E-R-S-E. All together, that's Vimeo.com slash Turnerverse, where you can watch Stench of Iniquity for free. I star as an ancient vampire named Abba in the, in the film, so check it out. Uh, the Devil's Daughter, a Harlequin Story. You can still check out on YouTube for free, as well as Amazon Fire TV, or the Amazon Fire TV users. users. Uh, through Dominus TV as well. Uh, just type in The Devil's Daughter or Harlequin Story in uh, both YouTube.com and Amazon Fire TV to view the film. Um, I, I just uh, started production 
uh, an upcoming miniseries, horror sci-fi miniseries. I'll let be filling you guys in more of that as it develops. Uh, I'm I'm currently working on a a feature which I'll be back on set for this weekend uh, called Hybrid, which will be out soon. So be looking for Hybrid, and I'll be starting another feature, be on set for another feature coming up um, in the next few months called Your It, as well. And I'll be uh, that's uh, I'll be filling in more of that one as uh, I get more news on that. Uh, also, um, uh, I'll be on set for some other um, films in the works as well. So I'll keep you guys posted as far as that goes. Uh, thank, big thank you to XWW Extreme World Wrestling for having me uh, this past Sunday night at the Wrestle Revolution event. Uh, it was great to be back. Uh, I had a strap match with Murph Mancini. Uh, he was one tough customer, man. And uh, uh, we, we we had a wild strap match, if you will. And it's been forever since I've been in the strap match. So uh, it was quite the experience. But uh, I made it through, man. I made it through. So, uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, Murph was one tough customer. So it, it wasn't an easy task, that's for sure. Um but big, big, big ups and big thank you to all my XWW family. Love you guys. Thank you for having me. And I hope to be back for some more XWW events soon. Uh, you guys are the best. And uh, one of my favorite places to be <laughs> in wrestling, XWW. And give them some love. Uh, Extreme World Wrestling with the X, X-T-R-E-M-E, World Wrestling. Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that. And they, they, have always, they always have events coming up in the Charlotte area. So uh, give them some love. Um, uh, congratulations, by the way, to the new uh, heavyweight champ, XWW champ, uh, former Impact star Hernandez, who won the title uh, also this past uh, Sunday night. So pick up to them. And th- um, give some, my, my Shockwave Wrestling Entertainment family some love at shockwavewrestling.com. Uh, they have an event coming up in May, I believe. Uh, I'll keep you guys posted. With that upcoming event, I, I, I'm regularly doing commentary with uh, Shockwave Wrestling. So uh, it's been a great ride so far and uh, uh, great talent and great people. So I have to be a part of Shockwave Wrestling Entertainment. So give them some love uh, on, on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, what have you. Twitter, uh, their Field the Shock is their Twitter handle. And just look for Shockwave Wrestling entertainment for Instagram and uh, Facebook. Um, also, let's see. Got so much to talk about, guys. It's, it's crazy. Um, I got I got XCon coming up uh, 21st to 22nd in uh, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. I'm looking forward to getting back in the Myrtle Beach area and seeing everybody there. It's always a good time in Myrtle Beach. Uh, for more information, go to the Facebook page, XCon Myrtle Beach. Facebook, also go to XCon Myrtle Beach and Instagram as well uh, for more information. Uh, star-studded uh, lineup thus far uh, with XCon. Uh, used to be one of the biggest cons in the South, uh, actually, and so it's great to see them making a comeback. Uh, and the new owners... Uh, I've, I've, uh, Brad and Jen, I've, I've known them forever. Um, they're like family to me, and uh, 
it's great to see them bring back XCOM. So, yeah, look at my uh, 20th and 21st, I believe, or 21st, 22nd. But it's in that ratio for that weekend in May. So, uh, but XCOM Myrtle Beach, check them out on social media to get more information about who's all going to be there. It's, uh, it's going to be stacked. <laughs> I can tell you that much. Um, I just found out uh, June 24th I'll be making uh, a special appearance at Heroes Con in Charlotte, North Carolina. And for more information, uh, type in Heroes Con on Facebook for more info. I'll be there uh, June 24th that Friday. At, at representing uh, the film The Devil's Daughter, which I betrayed Dr. Arkham. That film, so uh, yeah, check it out when you get a chance. So I'm looking forward to everybody on my peeps in the Charlotte area. Should be a good time. Um, yeah, uh, as far as uh, I'll have like some of these cons I'm, I'm going to be at, I'm going to have uh, promos on sale, promo photos on sale. Um, I'm, I'm thinking about doing something where uh, Kind of like what I do online where I video shout-outs to people. Uh, $10 to $20 for video shout-outs to people. I decide the price. It's around, be around that ratio. But uh, but if uh, I'll, I'll be in making a special announcement of that soon. But, uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing everybody. Everybody such – it's just a great time, these Comic-Con. It's always, always cool. Um, a big thank you uh, – to um, Appalachian Championship Wrestling, Shane Douglas and Hannibal, Hannibal TV for ha- inter- the interviews they've had with me the past few months. Uh, it's been great. Uh, the, those guys are awesome, and I uh, hope to do more with them soon as well. Um, I'm looking for to get more wrestling events coming up soon. Tune, uh, I'll be making my return, actually, to UPWA um, in July. Uh, they're inducting uh, a good friend of mine that passed away, uh, Moses Manson. And uh, I'm going to be speaking on his behalf for his Hall of Fame induction. So uh, I'm, I'm honored to do so. Uh, he, he was a great guy to me and the wrestling community. So um, it's a big honor to do, to do that. Um, also, let's see what's going on. So much is happening, man. Uh, it's crazy, but... Uh, it's, been, it's been a blessing. It really has. Um, of course, uh, you know, this, I have the classic Cowboy Skull merchandise on sale, uh, as well as the Legacy merchandise. And also, uh, as of yesterday, I'm starting a new Strozilla merchandise section, my merchandise page. So, uh, but for more information and to see all the Papa Stro merch for all ages, including pets, check out uh, thestro.com slash merchandise. That's T-H-E-S-T-R-O dot com slash merchandise. And for all the latest in uh, Papa Stro merch for all ages, including pets. So I, I'll keep you guys updated as well. Oh, gosh. Um, but, yeah, wrestling dances, man. Uh, let's, let's get to it. Uh, we'll tell you what we'll do. We'll take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we'll be talking wrestling dances right here in WCW. And plus wrestling news, if you want to call in, call in any time. Number is 914-338-1885. And, uh, well, uh, I was going to go to commercial, but I think we got a, this, this caller, if that is who I think is, uh, we'll, 
we'll have some interesting uh, chats. <laughs> okay, so sit tight. Let's bring him on. Uh, I think this is Chaz. My brother Chaz, how you doing, man? Hey, Stro, how are you, brother? Great, brother. How you been? Uh, I've had my ups and downs. Uh, the doc uh, put me on insulin for the uh, first time. Considering the fact I had a lifestyle that uh, was not conducive to keeping my diabetes in control, and I got knocked for a loop over the weekend. I actually had to miss a booking because my sugar dropped too low, and I wound up in the hospital. But live and learn. So I got we got it all sorted out and updated. I'm back yeah, at home I'm just doing what I'm well, doing. Man. Yeah. I'm glad oh, it was a weird feeling. It was, it was a weird feeling because I tell you what, everything dropped right. at once, and I wound up getting headaches and dizziness and nausea, and I'm like, look, I feel like I'm drunk, and I didn't have the fun of drinking alcohol. This is sucks. <laughs> right. Oh man. I'm, well, we got it all straightened out, so great. you know, we're back cool. at it. I, I'm, I'm, that, that's cool. And man. I got to tell you, nobody really puts me that. over like you do, bro. You actually held off oh, a commercial break for little old me? That's awesome. Oh, yeah, man. I, I Shoot. I, you know, it's always a treat having you on, man. I, I, how could I not? <laughs> Hold the phone, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, so what are we talking about tonight? Uh, well, aside from the usual, uh, tonight's actually it's an interesting topic about the different wrestling dances over the years that some, some of the boys and girls have made um, – I figured it'd be kind of fun. I've, I've had already, like, some interesting feedback from it. Like, some were excited to talk about. Some was like, you know, the heck with the dances. You know, we should talk about straight wrestling. Right? They're a waste of time and all that. So it's a yeah, very great. Go watch the Olympics. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be entertained? Go watch the Olympics. <laughs> exactly. But, I, I, I man, this has been an interesting dance moves over the years by some of the boys and girls, man. Um, what are some of your favorites? Oh God! Let's let's go way back into the 19, late sixties, nineteen seventies, when I remember Sailor right. Art Thomas being the first one to ever pop his pecs to music. Ha! Ah, yes. Sailor Which, Art when Thomas. you're about a seven year old, ah. when you're about a seven year old kid, you're like, okay, that's weird. Yeah, <laughs> I can only imagine as a child, man. Oh my God. Then you know we, and then here the first dance that I remember. Um, uh-huh. It wasn't really a dance. It was Dusty's boogie when Dusty turned babyface and started, you know, moving around yeah. the ring. I mean, it, it, yeah, it brought the crowd to its feet all the time. Yeah. It was a, but I'd have to say, I guess the first dance that, to music, yeah, I guess I'd have to say the first time to music was in the 80s when Coco Beware came out to the bird. Yes. Oh, by the time, yes. More stay. Yep. Wow. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that was back that, when you could have entrance music that wasn't copyrighted and uh, litigated and everything else. And so watching Coco come right. out to the bird, you know, with his oh, parrot, awesome. and it was, that was interesting stuff, dude. That, 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 that's amazing. I mean, and the timing, the timing back then, you know, him doing this thing with Frankie and, and, uh, and uh, more stay in the time, so I, it just fit. You know what I mean? It's, it's amazing. You know, I'm going to tell you. You can they they can say what they want about Vince McMahon, but the man always had his finger on the pulse of popular culture. Mm-hmm. I mean, you take a yes, look at did. when he started building up the World Wrestling Federation and going national, and I mean, 
everything he did was in lockstep with popular culture. You know, whether it mm-hmm. be having Iranian and communist heels, uh, oh, yeah. a, a super baby face that was a super baby face champion that was uh, the epitome of what he thought America should be. And then you had, right. you know, then you had your niche, then you had your, you know, your, your niche performers. You had your, uh, you had Coco, like I said, with coming out to the bird. And, uh, you know, you had Piper as the, as the cynic of everything. You know, he just made fun of everything, <laughs> yeah. but you couldn't wait to hear what he had to say because he was funny as hell. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. It's you hysterical, know, man. Stuff that we did back, that was done back then cannot be done now. Our society has changed oh, no. and hasn't changed for the good. I mean, our society mm-hmm. has gotten weird. Weird has become normal. Our society has become a bunch yeah. of stupid people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just not... I mean, here, I don't know. How do I put this nicely without offending anybody? Not that I care. But, um, you know, if you were to come in now and you were to have an Adrian Adonis or a Chicky Star... Or God forbid, a gorgeous George, the community would lose their collective minds. Oh gosh, yes. And and look what oh, guys man. like that did for the business, and, and did for professional oh, yeah. wrestling. You know, without right. them, do here you know, without gorgeous George, Bobby Davis, and Nature Boy Buddy Rogers, wrestling mm-hmm. does not come out of the smoky arenas and on the television. That's just fact. Mm-mm. Right. And, gosh, I mean, there were so many entertaining personalities back then, too, you know? And I'll tell you the one, I guess one thing that kind of upsets me or concerns me a little bit is nowadays you get Uh wrestlers that are acting like children. You know, when we were kids, we would say, uh, oh, you know, playing baseball and you want to emulate your favorite baseball player. I'm Uh so-and-so. No, I'm so-and-so. You're you're this guy. Oh, okay, good. They're saying that as, as wrestlers now on national platforms. I mean, you got a Jade Cargill trying to equate herself with China, trying to equate herself here. I'm better than that. I'm better. Go out and prove it. You never heard China say, "I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm uh, Sherry Martel or I'm the fabulous Moolah. China just went out and busted heads and did what she did. Oh yeah. Sherry Martel never said, "Oh, I'm the, I'm the next Cora Combs." No, she just went out there and beat the hell out of everybody that was in front of her. You know, same thing with right. Medusa. And, just, and she, these cosplayers got to stop. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he, I was, mean, don't get me wrong. Like I said, she was tough, but she, she was only tough, but she was entertaining too at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you get you know, you get the internet community. It, it's gonna um, pop for every flippy flop thing that's done. And you know, you get these you get these wrestlers that are as green as goose garbage and. They're in the business less than two years. And not that you have to be in the business a long time. I'm not a proponent of, of that argument. Oh, you got to be in 20 years before you can become something. Oh, nonsense. Billy Gunn was uh, in for nine months. Bubba Rogers oh, yeah. was in for three months. Just stop. Yes. It all depends on who your trainer is and what kind of opportunities are open for you. But, you know, That's right. the cosplaying's got to end. I mean, enough. I don't want to hear about how you're well, the uh, – you're the next flying Brian. You're not. You're you. Entertain the people. Because it, it, they've gone to like more or less entertaining themselves rather than entertaining their audience. You know what I'm saying? 
tell you something. Rick that's, Rogers that's told me point. the real marks are behind the curtain. Yep. <laughs> and he was spot on correct. <laughs> yes, he was. <laughs> he sure was. The real mark. He said, son, not that he's that much older than me, but he, <laughs> he said, the real marks <laughs> live behind the curtain. I said, yeah, you're right. <laughs> but again, you that's know who gets it? The, the most over guy. The most of a guy doesn't even wrestle on one company, yeah. uh, Danhausen. He's yeah. over like nobody's business, but he he never he hasn't wrestled one match. <laughs> no, but you know what? He's watching his own bobber. He's not worried about anybody mm-hmm. else. That's you it. Know, you don't hear him in a promo or on God forbid on Twitter saying how he's the next Beetlejuice Art Bar. He doesn't say it. No. He's just the you best know, he, he can does, be, you know what I mean? He, he does a, a character very similar to what Art Bar did as right. Beetlejuice, but he doesn't talk mm-hmm. about it. You know who else gets it? Right. MJF. MJF oh, gets does. it in spades. Amen, man. He's the amazing. He goes out and he does his thing, and he lives the gimmick, and he don't care who doesn't like it. Right. And he's already put them on notice that 2024, he's a free agent. Let the bidding begin. Now, if that's not an uber heel move, I don't know what is. He's uh he he gets it. You know what I mean? He he still he still gets it. And and you know Darby Darby Allen same way, man. He's not trying to be somebody else. He's just you know what I mean? He's just trying to be the best right? he can be. Right. I mean, I was I mean, watching those, the episode those, those of Young kids, Rock this week, and um, got it, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was watching the episode of Young Rock this week. And, uh, you know, they had Bam Bam's character, the guy playing Bam Bam Bigelow, and he says, I like Crusher Yurkoff. And he goes, yeah, the Pat and Vince don't. You better listen. He didn't go to the Federation as Crusher Yurkoff. He went to the Federation as Bam Bam Bigelow. Um, same oh tights, same gimmick, did, same guy, different name. Did, did you see the footage of Dan Housen trying to do the Hardy Boys dance? Yeah, that it's, was funny. It's the most hysterical. Oh, gosh, it's so funny. Oh, man, I was dying. <laughs> you know, that, and it was spot that on. That great. I, I, I love him. That kid's great. I love Dan Allen. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, like like you said, it's just, I don't, I don't mean to, to get off the topic, but, you know, the cosplaying's got to stop from all levels, from on top down, even the guys on the indies. Um. I don't care if it's a Halloween show or not. You do not go out dressed in somebody else's gimmick. You want to wear costumes? Go trick or treating. No. Yeah, I, you know, it just just be the best you can be. You know, what I mean, don't try to be another this or another that. You know, there's plenty well, of you know, <laughs> you know what I mean. And, and you know, I, I get the, I get that the business goes in cycles. Um, you know, other mm-hmm. than the the health scare that I had and the health scare that Amy had, which is. Um, you know, between those two, I, I, I blew too much worth the bookings, but you know what? Family and health come first and the promoters both understood. Oh. So it was phenomenal. Right. I mean, uh, nothing but good things to that's, say that's about true. Greg Anthony and Frank, the tank Nelson. Those guys are just class that's act true. quality. You know, my, my invitations mm-hmm. are open. Um, those things there aren't what concern me, but you know, what concerns me is when you, when you've got promoters that are. Uh, like, well, you know, uh, I don't know what to do with you. Oh, you mean you don't know what to do with me? I've been a hero for 12 years. <laughs> Dave. 
<laughs> really? You have no idea what to do with me. That's awesome. I'll stay home. It's not, it, it's not rocket science, really. <laughs> you know? No, but then you get then you get the other part of the can only offer you twenty dollars. Are you joking? You've seen gas prices? Yeah, not coming. Have a nice day. <laughs> oh man! But again, there's other guys that get it. I mean, there's other guys that get it, and they make you they make you grow, and they make you they make you stretch as a as a worker. I never thought I'd, mm-hmm. I I would. If you'd have told me three years ago that I would be working in New Orleans as a babyface manager, making more money and mm-hmm. more merch sales than I did in my ever in my career. I'd have told you you were nuts. That happened two months ago. <laughs> and you wow. just got to be flexible enough to understand the opportunity and embrace it. You know, I had this conversation with someone uh, recently, actually, about uh, some of the best uh, personas, angles, stories in, in the business are, are th- things that happen, like, completely by accident or, or unexpected, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, most definitely. Most definitely. My my persona changed the night before my debut. Mm-hmm. We changed everything right. the night before my debut. And it worked. You know, mm. we, do I think back sometimes as to what the original idea would have been? Had it worked, had it not worked? The original idea was so Oh, the original idea was dumb as hell. And it was one dimensional. <laughs> well, I'm glad we changed oh, it. Oh, wow. Not bad. You know, we got the only, I, I know the only way we got the... <laughs> the only way we got the promoter to agree to it is that I was a surprise. Mm-hmm. I wasn't pubbed. So mm-hmm. because I wasn't pubbed, we, we changed everything overnight. Came out oh, the next wow. night as a surprise, and it got over, and it worked. And then you you know you let that that's, you that's, evolve that you you work at it and you you study and I hate to say it to some of these guys, you actually spend some money on your gear and yeah. on your persona. Well, Chaz, you don't mm-hmm. have gear. You wear suits. Yeah, I wear suits, but I don't go to no Walmart and buy no too. $20 jacket <laughs> off the rack. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, when I was wearing business suits, they were top of the line. Sean John, they were designer designer stuff. Oh, but you mm-hmm. know you're going to bump. Yeah, okay, so you learn how to bump. You don't tear up your stuff. I mean, right. It's common sense. And then when sequence started, you know, when they when they were all trying to copy with the suits, and I went to the sequence, I found a guy out mm-hmm. in Encino, California, that was making them. Struck a deal with mm-hmm. him, and he started he started making me custom sequence jackets. And then the prom phase hit, and every prom kid in the mm-hmm. world was wearing a sequence jacket. I'm like, all right, now what do I do? So what do I do? <laughs> I went and found an I went and found an Italian suit maker. Now I wear shark skin uh-huh. suits that look like chrome. Mm. I mean, they definitely glow in the dark. Matter. No two ways about it. And we'll mm-hmm. see how long that goes. We'll also see how long I go. I don't know how long I got left. I mean, we're at the, <laughs> it's a fickle business. We're at the mercy of the, of the booker and the fans. And sometimes they don't agree. See that, one thing I, I, I've been really respecting about Seth Rollins lately, you know, I mean, he, he's got his own, like, style and, and finesse and, and, and swagger now, you know, with the suits and everything, and he and he's the only one that over there that that does that sort of thing. You know, he's not trying to be nobody else. He's tr- you know he's 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 making his own identity. Yeah, and I, I'm really yep. digging that. Absolutely. I mean, and Flair was always Flair. 
You know, were there mm-hmm, right. was it commonplace or was it commonplace for the top guys to wear suits, you know, backstage? And yeah, it was. But Flair turned you know, Flair turned that into his into his persona. It was an extension of him in the mid eighties. I mean prior to that he was trying to be a hippie. He was trying to be right. tied and, you know, another superstar, Billy Graham. They can, you know, all of them mm-hmm. can get in line. But then he started, you know, yeah. he started keeping the Nature Boy name and um, incorporating the fact that he enjoyed and could afford the finer things in life at the time and incorporated it into his gimmick. And, you know, it worked. <laughs> That's right. I remember Dusty talking about that. He, at one time, Rick wanted to be another Rhodes. Like Ricky Rhodes, yep. right? <laughs> yeah, Ramblin' Ricky Rhodes. I read about that. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Well, let's talk but about it's that great dance to... for a second, yeah. though. The strut. Yeah, I mean, was... Jackie Fargo started the strut. Oh, thank you. And then you, you had I was Austin Idol. Jackie Fargo. Yes. I mean, yeah, Jackie Austin Fargo Idol, started yeah. the strut. Then Austin Idol picked it up. And the Fabulous mm-hmm. Ones picked it up. Oh, yeah, it's um, bad, man. Bobby Eaton had a version of it. The Fantastics had a version of it. Stan mm-hmm. Lane never did, but Stan Lane didn't need it. Stan Lane had a, had a charisma nah. all his own. Oh, you know? he was dancing full, too, man. He, there was a pl- yep. club in Charlotte called Plum Crazies, and okay. he was like a legend over there. He was like a legend over there because he he, he danced the night away, man, every time. <laughs> but in the Plum ring, you never know Charlotte. it, though. No. In the no, ring, you would it, never it, know it because Stan Stan's right. persona was just different, you know. Oh, it was. Uh, it really was. Honky Tonk picked up the strut. I mean. Oh yeah, Honky Tonk man, yeah. He picked up the strut, and everybody kind of looked at him funny because it's like, all right, what are you doing the strut for? <laughs> Lawler never <laughs> needed it, even though Lawler was, no. you know, right there with Jackie Fargo. He never needed it. Oh yeah, right there in the mix with everybody. Yeah. Yep. And then, and then you had you know you had Flair. Was Flair the best at the strut? Mm-hmm. No, but he used it enough. Oh yeah. You know, and as my wife tells me, oftentimes when I was when I'm trying to you know practice promos or, or have a little fun around the house, and I'll break into the strut, and she'll look at me and shake her head for about a good thirty seconds, and then I'll look at her and go, "What?" And she goes, "You do realize you look stupid doing that." I'm like, "Okay, fine." Kill my fun, why don't you? <laughs> you know, Flair. So, as, 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 when Chaz Reddy hits the ring, I never about. do the strut. <laughs> uh, Flair admitted uh, quite a few times about Fargo's influence on him with, as far as the strut goes. And, oh, yeah. uh, I mean, if you think about it, how many people in the business of the Fargo is influenced with their dancing strut, man? It's just, I think we named about it's 10. Crazy. Right off the top of our yeah. heads. Right. It's crazy. You know, not to mention, <laughs> yeah. the, not to mention, and not to, not to, to make light of it or, or to diminish it, but not to mention the countless numbers of guys on the indie circuit that do the strut and do it well. You know, they mm-hmm. don't do it to, right. to make fun out of it. They actually do it well. So, I mean, there's a, right. a top of our head, what, maybe 30 guys that use the strut in mm-hmm. some way, shape or form. Mm, yeah, at least. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, that was that was a, it, it's that was a dance worth about, looking at. Yeah, it's amazing if you think about the Fargo influence. 
over oh, yeah. the years. Oh, yeah. And then you had guys utilizing the Ollie Shuffle. I mean, one that comes yeah. to mind is Kerry Von Erich. Kerry Von Erich oh, would right. come out to Modern Day Warrior. He'd come out to, Tom, to Russia's Tom Sawyer. And um, mm-hmm. by the time he hit the ring, he'd, he'd be into a full Ali strut right at the point where the music hit its crescendo. You know? Right. And then you and had the Freebirds. Yes, Freebirds. I mean, they would, whether it was, and they utilized a couple of different dance moves. Uh, they utilized yeah, the strut the when they were, yeah, yeah, they utilized the strut and the moonwalk when they were coming out to Bad Street. Uh, right. USA, and when they came out to Freebird, they did a, a slowed-down version of the strut that was even better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, everybody says, oh, the birds come out to Bad Street, USA, it's the best ever. I was always a fan of when they used to come out to Leonard Skinner's Freebird. Longer entrance, right. more heelish, more drawn-out and dramatic, and mm-hmm. it, to me it was just a, a, a bigger deal, you know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They were. I I think they were like, uh, you know, before the NWO and 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 all that. I I thought the, always thought the Freebirds were like the emergence of like the the cool style style heels. You know what I mean? The villains of the business. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were the heels that you liked, whether you liked them or not. They would turn right. anybody babyface. I mean, I remember the. I always harken mm-hmm. back to Super Clash One because it was one of the first cards that I attended, you know, as a as a, a teenager, as a child. I was we were in the garden watching yeah. Superstar Billy Graham yeah, and Bruno, and, and my uncles mm-hmm. would always get upset with me because I wouldn't root for Bruno. I was rooting for Superstar Billy Graham, and they're like, yeah, "He's not Italian. I don't care." That's superstar <laughs> Billy Graham. <laughs> yeah. Superstar Punch man. Body slam. Love Bruno. Don't get me wrong. Bruno was. Bruno, as they would say, was a number was numero uno, but yeah, I was a superstar Billy Graham fan. But you know, you go mm-hmm. back to the Super Clash one when they had, when they started the Freebirds Road Warriors feud. Uh, I mean, the Warriors were super badasses. Uh, Birds mm-hmm. came oh, out, yeah. the Warriors were baby faces all of a sudden. And whether yeah. they liked it or not, the Birds were better heels than the Warriors were. <laughs> what what a feud those. Those teams had, I, 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 oh God, Birds and the Warriors, man. That was pretty you know, awesome. I, I, you you got to tell the truth. Vern Gagne was a brilliant wrestler. He was a an honorable businessman, but mm-hmm. he was absolutely horrible at learning how to keep his talent or, or push the right talent. He let the Birds go. Mm-hmm. He let the Road Warriors go. He let Hogan go. It's like if he would have kept them, pushed them, marketed them the way Vince did, who knows how big the AWA would have still been. Gosh, can you imagine all that talent he had at one point? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in the 70s in the territories, you know, when we moved here from New York, it was all AWA. AWA and WWA and Bruiser stuff. But they used to, they used to, when they did their cards in Chicago, they would mix talent, and so you'd have a combined card under the AWA's banner. And um, you know the AWA, they took a, they took advantage of the territory system. So did a lot of territories. And then until Vince came right. in and said, uh, "Yeah, I'm moving the I'm moving the platform," 
And, you know, remember, I remember hearing the stories about Vince Sr. telling him, what are you doing? They're going to kill you. And Vince is like, go ahead, let them do it. <laughs> he called their bluff, and he, he had no answer for him. Yeah. Oh, I, I, mean, I, I a, still trip up when I played the, the Vince McMahon dance, when you had, like, Hogan oh, yeah. playing the sax. Night of a Thousand Dances. Land of a Thousand Dances. That video is phenomenal. Yeah. Hogan was playing the, the bass guitar, and Macho Man was uh, playing the sax. Yes, right. <laughs> and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Morocco and Fuji and somebody else were the horn section. Yes. <laughs> That's right. And then you had Rick Derringer and that, leading, the whole, leading that Rick whole Der- circus. And I think Bam Bam Bigelow was playing some type of instrument. I forget which instrument he was playing. I saw that him was the out, second one, but the first – First, well, I got to look it up on YouTube, but the first Land of a Thousand Dances, yeah. I think, what was before Bigelow got there? I want to say that was 84, 85. Right. You know, and the choreography but, but of that man, was... Dance, it was amazing. Oh, and, yeah. And seeing Vince McMahon dance, dance in the suit with the the ladies. And, the oh tuxedo with the red tie. <laughs> Couldn't scream <laughs> any more 80s. The tuxedo with the white shirt and the red tie. <laughs> yes, that was tremendous. Khaki is all hell, but it—that's what people wore back then. I didn't. I, I wore black. I wore black tie. I wore black shirt, white shirt. Uh, I mean, uh, white shirt, black tie. I couldn't wear the red. Oh, man, God, couldn't bring God, myself to I mean, to to wear the red cummerbund. Yeah, pass. Everybody during that time period was just so. Most everybody was so entertaining to watch. It was like but night again, and day. Let's take a look at. Let's let's revisit the idea of Vince having his finger on the pulse of popular culture. That Land of a Thousand Mm -hmm. Dances was a parody of We Are the World and Do They Mm -hmm. Know It's Christmas. You know, where they got a compilation of musicians together to to sing on one song. You know, he brought his whole roster out to sing on one song. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, you knew back then, you knew it was a parody of We Are the World. But he didn't care because he oh, didn't make yeah. fun out of it. He, like you said, no. he just brought it out for entertainment purposes. Oh yeah, it's and, and it was a hit. <laughs> yeah, huge. It was a huge hit, and it's been largely forgotten about. And again, mm-hmm. you know, my wife will always disagree with me on this because she thought it was stupid. But I got a big kick out of uh, Friedman and Jericho singing "Me and My Shadow." I don't care what you think. Oh. I thought it was hilarious. Can you imagine if that a bathroom break? If if that was done what? during that time period, you know what we were talking about? Can you imagine how over that would have been? Huge. Mm-hmm. Huge. It was. Oh yeah. Thirty-five years too late. Yeah, really. But again, Absolutely. you know what? I got to get. I'm going to sound like a like a big huge fan here, but I got to give that kid a lot of credit. He's not afraid to try that stuff. He's not afraid to draw right. upon the fact that he was a he was a, a concert a cappella group singer. Mm-hmm. Well, he's not embarrassed. Yeah, by it, it. Was, it was very well done. It really was. I thought it was so. Very well done. I thought so. Jimmy Cornette called it a bad skit from Carol Burnett, but that's what made it fun. It was. It was a bad. 
It was a bad version of a Carol Burnett skit, but it's what made it fun. Yes. <laughs> you know, everybody's like, "Well, it's not edgy enough." What? There's nobody that. There's nobody that'll dance edgy. Yeah, ask Nakamura. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that, 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 all the time in the ring entrance. <laughs> yeah, I mean that psychedelic sideshow that he does on the way to the ring. Mm-hmm. Opera, no less. Right. And people get all into uh, it. There, there's you know, another guy I think that 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 what is, that that just jumped on the ship way too late. Oh yeah. Because can you Mostly imagine? Can you imagine back then? Can you imagine back then? Him making his. He uh, would have been. Com- he would have been completely different because don't forget. Let's take a look at at um, at Asian wrestling personas. Started out mm-hmm. that anybody who was Asian or Japanese was a, a judo master or a karate master and worked mm-hmm. without boots and worked. Um, Worked with the uh, with the long tights that came off at your knee, and right. worked at evil Japanese or evil Korean gimmick. Uh, then you wound up. Then in the eighties, everybody was a ninja. Starting with Kendo Nagasaki, going to the Great Muda, and so forth. Right. Everybody was. Everybody was a, a ninja. So if Nakamura would have came you- in at that time. When you had the great yeah. Kabuki and the great Muda, he would have been they completely would try to make different. Yeah. I don't know if they would have tried to make him a part of that, but he might have broke out on his own regardless. Can you imagine him, like, back then, if he had kept the same, kept the same persona, uh, him him and Queen working out a deal with Queen with yeah. plays interest music or something? That, oh, that'd be – because he reminds – I mean, his style there, I mean, it kind of reminds me – I like like a Japanese Freddie Mercury, you know what I mean? Yes. Yes. Oh, I think I think Freddie would have approved of his gimmick real quick. Oh yeah, absolutely. That'd been amazing. You know, people people asked me for years, you know, they said, uh, Oh, bro, you you've got a command of, of the crowd when you come out on the mic and uh, who are your influences? It was it was Heenan, right? Oh Heenan. I said no. When I'm on the mic and I, I look to, I look over the crowd to get that command, the direction came from mm-hmm. DiBiase, but the influence is Freddie Mercury. Oh, absolutely. I mean, who else could, who else could use voice warm ups and mesmerize a crowd mesmerize a crowd of a hundred thousand people to join him? Mm-hmm. God, that'd have been so cool. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking about it. Imagine Queen and, Queen and Nakamura at Wembley. Yeah. That'd oh, wow. That's just epic. <laughs> yeah, that would have been. And, and now you look at it, and the sad part is, and I'm going to say it, I don't care who it, who it pisses off, but now every Japanese wrestler is a, a strong style, let me kick you in the teeth for real, let me be as reckless as hell and shorten my career by 10 years wearing the same damn MMA look that everybody else is wearing. Where's the personality? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. I mean, where's the personality? Right. And the thing is, some of these, some of these people fail to realize not everybody's a strong style fan. You know what I mean? No, I mean here 
And Noki used to take the rap that strong style was an excuse for being reckless. And if he goes, oh, no, it's not, they're, they're practitioners or this, they're that, maybe they are. But you take a look at the long list of career-ending injuries that occur based on strong style. And that other argument has a lot of validity. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That it's merely an excuse to be reckless. Maybe it is. You know, is there a niche yeah. for it? Sure there is. I'd be lying mm-hmm. if I said I didn't watch. I didn't watch um, when it was on late, late at night. You catch it on cable when they had um, uh, Pancrase from Japan, and that's where I first got to see mm-hmm. Ken Shamrock and got to see Bad News Allen actually shoot on people, right. which I thought was interesting Uh-oh. as all get out. You know, and <laughs> yes. Doug Furness was out there, and there were guys that were, you know, American wrestlers that were out there, and there were Japanese wrestlers that were out there, and you know, other uh, Mm -hmm. martial arts practitioners when they were doing it under the guise, you know, of a professional wrestling kind of setup. But you knew what you had going in. You knew these guys were going to shoot on each other going in. Right. Oh, absolutely. Do you feel bad when these guys get dropped on their head and their career's over? Yeah, you feel bad. But on the other hand, you got to say, you know what, what the hell were you doing? If you're truly trained, you know how to fall. You know better than to drop your opponent on his head. What, to get the cheap pop from the 35-year-old in his mom's basement with the damn Xbox on hold while he's uh, going, oh, dude, that's the coolest thing I ever saw. Go get a job, idiot. (laughs) It it goes back to what we were talking about before, about entertaining, more of entertaining themselves than entertaining their audience. I mean I that, that's the whole point. What we do, that's the whole point. What we do, what we do is entertain the masses. You know. <laughs> what did Al Snow say in the seminar at one time? Enough. Your job in professional wrestling is to sell tickets. That's right. It. Mm-hmm. The boys in the back are not buying tickets; they're getting paid to be there. So don't pop them. Pop the guys actually paying his hard-earned dollar to sit there and watch you. Right. Yeah, I, I I don't. I got in too late. I don't have the experience of knowing what it's like to tour the country 300 dates a year. Sounds a lot of fun, mm-hmm. but right now it's not. You know, it's not where I am, and it's not where I'm going to be. But mm-hmm. how are these guys ever figuring on touring 300 dates a year with the way they're going? I mean, killing each other, multiple concussions within three years, five years. All of a sudden, that guy, what, the one guy in Japan got dropped on his head and is, uh, was paralyzed. I don't know if he's regained any movement. And he's, what, 34 mm. years old? Career's over. He may not walk again. Why? Because you thought Sad, it was a good man. idea to get dropped on your head on the apron? Right. Oh, buckle bomb. Yeah, the dumbest thing ever. Let me push you upside down and slam you as hard as I can into the turnbuckle that's connected to steel that's not moving. Mm. Um, uh, you know, Macho Man and uh, DDP were talking about, uh, well, more or less Dallas was talking about what he learned from Macho Man about uh, house shows and TV, right? To where uh, in, in, during the TV, they were, they were always pretty snug on TV, right? But on the house shows, it was like a night off. 
<laughs> it's well, so, yeah. it's so night day, night well, day. You know what I mean? I mean, let's let's look at it back back when Macho Man was uh, back in '87 when he was in his heyday in the E. Okay, what mm-hmm. pay per views did you have a year? You had WrestleMania, you had the Royal Rumble, and you had the Survivor Series. That was it. Right. Everything else was house shows. Okay, so you, mm-hmm. let's say you had 300 dates a year. Three of them were big TV dates. Um, you probably once a month, so and you filmed a month's worth of work. You might have had five matches in the one show. So you had about 60 TV shows that you were in squash matches. That right. you, were, you weren't doing anything but offense. Okay, you get hurt, that's on you. And then the mm-hmm. rest of the time, you take 67, call it 70 matches. The other 230 matches were house shows. Right. And what was your primary focus in house show? The crowd buy more tickets and come back next month. That's right. You know, I'm not trivializing so if those true. guys got hurt. But they didn't get hurt mm-hmm. for stupid stuff. Exactly. You know, you're not going to see anybody get dropped on their head for the fun of it. No. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I mean, I laugh when no, I, I mean, it's, I shouldn't, but I laugh when I see these videos mm-hmm. of these kids, you know, working indie shows in front of 20 people, diving off of balconies, supposed to dive onto a table, miss the damn table, hit your head on the concrete floor. Person on the table mm-hmm. And the person on the table is still selling. Because he doesn't know what to do. He's <laughs> yeah. freaked out, too. Because right. you just missed and damn near killed yourself. Hmm. I mean... I don't know. What's next? Take out a yeah. gun, shoot the guy in the yeah. ring, pin him. <laughs> yeah. What What can you do, right? After that point. <laughs> that point. Yeah, it Unreal. just reminds me. It, it, I don't know. It's just it's different. So I I know I'll, I'll catch flag. Oh, Chaz, you're just behind the times. You know, things evolve. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> Things may evolve, yeah, but there's still oh. going to be there's still going to be some jackass on a microphone, insulting the crowd, yeah. hoping that they wish for him to get his rear end handed to him on the card next month. Yeah, I mean, the and more things change, the, yeah, the more things change, the more they remain the same. You know, what I mean, because I mean, at the end of the day, we're all human, right? Exactly. And, <laughs> I got to give my buddy Paul Lee a lot of credit. Since Flair did that little mm-hmm. training video with Jay Lethal and said that he still got enough energy to come back for one match, Paul's gone on the barnstorming mm-hmm. tour on social media, calling for a Nature Boy that. versus Nature Boy match. Oh, I thought that was funny. I'm like, yeah. You Why not? That's how promotion used to be. It used to be right. that you would go out barnstorming, you know, trying to get the local God. promoter to, <laughs> the local boxing promoter to pick it up. Can you imagine That's if you the way make it should that be. happen? That'd be tremendous. <laughs> well, let's see. How do you make that happen? Well, last I heard, to make that happen, you'd have to – Nature Boy Ric Flair requires $25,000 up front, first-class airfare mm. for four people, a five-star hotel, and a limousine on 24-hour call as long as he's in town. It's about $100,000. <laughs> yeah, man. No wonder he's making but music I bet it would sell out any arena. In, I bet it would sell out any ah. arena in the country. Oh, I'm sure. 
I'm sure, man. Uh, it with the right promotion, it'd be great. It'd be it'd be pretty awesome. Oh yeah, and even even those that would come out, you know, crapping on it, going, "Oh, this is garbage." You got a over the hill nature boy and a fake nature boy. Who wants to watch? Yeah, but you're saying that from the fifth row with forty dollar tickets that you just bought. Yeah. So go ahead, talk all day long. Possibly popcorn. <laughs> yeah. By the way, the merch right. table's over here and the concessions are over there. Just keep talking while you're mm-hmm. spending your money. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, we'll wrap all the way to the bank. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, dude, it'd be, it'd be great. I mean, I, I, I hope they can make it happen. I, I, I'm, I'm keeping my eye on it, man. I, they can. Uh, yeah, but see that, that's where our, that's where our great sport lost out when the territories died. That kind of flexibility. Mm-hmm. You know, now everything is a, um, uh, a company, and a roster, and things that we never talked about. And quite right. frankly, I don't think we should have talked about them in the first place. Mm-mm. You know, it's just no. that's just me. You know, and everybody oh, says, yeah. "Oh, the NWA is a great company," and I I bristle at that. Telling, what do you mean? I said, "NWA is not a shouldn't be a company. It's a sanctioning body." That's it. They should sanction four champions and send them off all over the world. That's what the NWA should be. Mm-hmm. Not a promotion. Right. Never was a promotion. No. And do I blame Corgan? No, I don't blame Corgan. He's doing good stuff. He brought mm-hmm. back the old ring look. He brought back the old studio look, no matter where he's at. Um, you know, before COVID hit, he had you know he had a champion that could have been um, a great traveling fighting champion, but COVID hit and laziness hit. I don't care, Nick Aldis. You got me blocked on social media. I'll call you out right now. You were the laziest NWA mm-hmm. world champion of all time. 27 title defenses in five years. You're an embarrassment. Hmm. National treasure, my ass. I mean, come on. <laughs> you're going to hold you're gonna hold that belt defended 27 times in five years. Okay, great. We'll give you a year and a half off for COVID. So in three and a half years, you defended the title 27 times. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. You're not Jim Londis. Jim Blondis didn't even defend it 27 times. He defended it 200 times, and in the first year he had the belt. And those mm-hmm. were big sold-out arena shows. Yeah. yeah I mean, they're, come on. You're going to do it, do it right. <laughs> I, I just think that if, if, if Corgan, to keep going like he's going, you know, like back in years ago, you know, they had like a like a committee, right? Yeah. And and the committee and the head head guy and and they would all like get together and like uh, pitch pitch everything to the head guy and and everybody had an input on an idea and then the head guy would be the yay or nay guy that would uh, right. make it happen. And as far as the world champion was concerned, yeah, it was it was the annual convention meeting that determined. We didn't know this as fans because they didn't tell us. Wasn't for us tonight, right. but they would determine who the next what two or three world champions were going to be. Mm-hmm. That's true. And it was up to the to the committees and the promoters and the territories to figure out when and how it was going to happen. 
Yeah, exactly. And you know, now you got exactly. one guy. And it's like, okay. Yeah. I mean, have his, has his decisions been good? Yeah, I think so. I, I don't see a problem with what he's done with, since he's took since he's taken over, as far as you know, um, who has won the title. And notice, I'm not going to say who has gotten the title or he put the title on because I, I really have a problem with that. But in terms of who's won the title, um, you know, he, at least the, the one thing he did do right, he screwed all the territory champions. I don't care who you mm-hmm. ask. All the guys that were, you know, guys that were Western states, national champion, North American champion, he screwed every one of those guys over, and just took their belts mm-hmm. back, and they didn't lose their titles. Okay, but as far as the world title, at least he gave Tim Storm his due, gave him his series of matches right. with Aldis. You know, mm-hmm. that was respectful. You know, and you right. had Cody Rhodes come in at All In. All In was a phenomenal show. Yeah. Again, that was that. But those, but again, they weren't using that company platform. They were doing it right. as as three guys that got together, put their money up as promoters, and promoted a show. And they sold mm-hmm. out. And then they got an investor that threw gigantic dollars at them, and look what they got now. Yeah. And on the downside. That first organic idea got so filtered down that the guy that it came up with it left. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you blame Cody? If it's only going to be about money, he may as well go get the money in New York. It's more money. Hey, good for him. <laughs> yeah, God bless. You know, was that safer? What is that safer wrestling? It seems like it to me. It seems like all these guys that are the um, the money sources, they're trying to be. Uh, they're trying to be that Barnum-type promoter like McMahon is. The problem was they didn't earn it. You can't just throw millions mm-hmm. of dollars into a pot and say, I am a promoter. What do you know about promoting? What do you know about doing this or that? You know, Do you have a year's worth of of shows and bookings and matches together? Or are you just going right. to throw people together and, and, and just let let some work let some not work, let some get pushed, uh, others get forgotten, and before you know it, you've got the tail end of, of WCW, and that wasn't a good tail end. Well, speaking of that, you know, they've just purchased Ring of Honor, and I, I'm still waiting to see what they do with that, where they have its own separate show or whatever, but, you know, I mean, nothing so far. I just, I just think that if before they would announce they would have Ring of Honor, they would at least have a show ready to go. For the, you yes. know what I mean? But, yes. But it's just, to me, the whole thing seems I kind mean, of premature. I mean, Sinclair Broadcasting is still there. It's Marquee Network. The Chicago Cubs mm-hmm. are now on the Marquee Network. So why wouldn't you, if you're going to buy ROH out from Sinclair, why wouldn't you make sure that a TV deal strictly for ROH was grandfathered in? Right. So you know, I'm, I'm kind of confused the entire about roster. I mean, at first it looked yeah, to I mean, me like they were just buying the the, the video vault. Okay. Mm-hmm. But then they, you know they come back, but they come back with like you said they come back with uh, with a show without direction. I mean, yeah, great. They brought back Samoa Joe as as a wrestler. Awesome. Mm-hmm. They bring him out with Tony Khan. 
Where's the connection? What, Tony Khan's now a manager? Uh, and again, doesn't make any sense. And, and they just did the thing with the New Japan Pro Wrestling thing, announced that they've uh, got some kind of deal to do a show later on this summer, I think. And, and it, okay, it started off well. He introduces the president of New Japan Pro Wrestling, who who looks sharper than anybody else in the in the in the building. I mean, he had the suit. Right. He looked he looked fantastic, actually. And then, and just what they say that they had Adam Cole. He actually makes the announcement about the show. And I'm not kind of confused. Why why is Adam Cole making the announcement when the, <laughs> he's The follow up question to that is. You're Tony Khan. You're a multi-billionaire. You own Fulham mm-hmm. FC in the English Premier League. You own the Jacksonville Jaguars. You are a businessman known worldwide. Why are you coming out acting like the Grand Wizard of frickin' wrestling with Samoa Joe rather than coming out dressed to the nines as the leader of all elite wrestling? Why aren't you making the announcement in conjunction with your Japanese counterpart? Yeah, I mean, they got. I agree with you. It doesn't make any sense. No. I mean, they've had, like, Ring of Honor championships defended on AEW television and all that, which is fine and good. But still, where's the ROH TV deal? Where's, you know, where can fans watch ROH? There isn't one. Now. Yeah, I mean, you mean to tell I me mean, that every piece of talent that was on ROH's roster was garbage and needed to be fired? Okay, so what did you buy? A label? A video vault? And, and from, what, again, from what I saw of the ROH show they had, I mean, there were angles, like, for example, Tully Blanchard's uh, new uh, protégés now is Brian Cage. Right. And, but like if if no one but it wasn't televised, so if you don't <laughs> you know because no, I mean, that, you know, they're not gonna know anything about it. If, uh, right. I just don't you know, know and that you know way, what they were but they were AEW angles. They weren't new angles for ROH. Right. Well you're gonna fire the entire roster. Did you keep the ROH champion or did you strip them? If you stripped them, why did you strip them? I, mean, I, I just hope they have an opening up TV deal soon because it's just uh, confusing when you, you know, you supposedly acquired the company and all that, but what are you going to do from there? You know what I mean? Exactly. Where's your direction? Where's your, where's your focus? Where are your promotional ideas? And the thing that we, that always, it always falls back to is he's from what the talent says, he's a great guy. He's very inclusive. He concerned and wants to make sure that his roster does well, but he's not Mm -hmm. a promoter. Okay. He doesn't (laughs) have it. His other boarding endeavors, there are sanctioning bodies that give him his schedule. DPL right. and the FA out in England give him his schedule. The NFL gives him his schedule. They tell him who he's going to play mm-hmm. and where he's going to play it on what day and what time. 
Right. They're the promoters. Mm-hmm. You know, does he do a lot of good? Yeah, he does a lot of good. I mean, there's indie workers from our, from my area, from all different areas that are getting opportunities on AEW Dark that they would have never have gotten mm-hmm. before. Did it make right. did it make the WWE elevate their game? Yeah, it sure did. Okay, even though the E right now is uh, backpedaling on the whole reason NXT was started was to give established indie workers a, a, an opportunity and a platform to grow into main roster performers. Now they're calling, oh, we, we just want uh, athletes that are green don't know anything because uh, indie workers weren't that good to begin with. Are you nuts? They have, they have, uh, they have bad they habits. Have yeah, <laughs> but they built they built NXT on indie workers. Gargano, right. Ciampa, Bobby Roode, Nakamura. I mean, these guys were these guys were independent wrestlers. That was their roster. Whether it was in Japan <laughs> or here, the whole freaking roster was indie workers. Right. I mean, <laughs> who's Vince kidding? Back in the 80s when he went national, he stole every piece of territorial talent that was any good. Well, each territory mm-hmm. was, and I use, I use air quotes, independent. So they were independent wrestlers that he put together right. and made his roster out of. So, I mean, you know, you want to you crap on, on the guys that are out there busting or humping the uh, – in the VFWs and the American Legion halls for garbage money to entertain people and to and to learn the craft with the hopes of one day achieving their dream of being on the, the national or the international spotlight. Either mm-hmm. allow that to happen or stop lying to these guys. Right. I mean, stop lying to these guys and making them think that that's possible when they have absolutely no shot. When yeah, that it's, uh, it's car- is, is so rampant great, great in the business, it's not even funny. Mm-hmm. Now, oh, there God, are certain yeah. instances where nepotism worked, okay, but they're rare. And I'm not taking mm-hmm. anything away from anybody that's second or third generation that has made it and is over on the national stage. That's not what I'm talking about. But there were people mm-hmm. that were given developmental contracts that had absolutely no business in the ring, but they were a daughter, a son, a nephew, Yeah, you know, and there were others that were never given the chance. You know, my buddy that uh, I worked with out here for 10 years, Brandon Hay, mm-hmm. otherwise known as Buddy Roberts Jr. Mm-hmm. Even with Michael Hayes being on creative, never was given an opportunity to work developmental or mm-hmm. to work to eat. This is Buddy Roberts' son. This is a second-generation Freebird, and the kid can work. Mm-hmm. So you mean to tell me that when he was young and in his prime and whatnot, he wasn't worth any type of look? Right. I mean, they, they gave a chance to Gordy. Gordy's. Don't get me wrong. Miranda Gordy's doing well. She hasn't gotten mm-hmm. it, hasn't gotten the real opportunity yet. Tessa Blanchard. Hasn't gotten the opportunity right. yet. She's probably one of the best in the world. I saw a video of her training you know, the other day. She looks fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, God bless. She's doing well in, in Mexico. She's, you know, working down there and and uh, 
mm-hmm. getting the treatment that she deserves. But you know, right. you get others, and they're going to say, "Oh, you just don't like Mick. You don't like his politics." I don't care about Mick and his politics, but his daughter was horrible. Noel Foley could not work. <laughs> period. <laughs> but they gave her a shot at NXT, which she failed at, and they gave her a, mm-hmm. a freaking TV show. What a mini, uh, a mini doc series. Like anybody care. <laughs> I mean, you know, they should either no. open the reins up or bring the territories back. So these guys, these younger guys, and I mean, I, I'm not talking about myself because I'll be 55 this year, and um, I've gotten my skills have diminished a little bit because of, of of health situations. I get it; it frustrates the hell out of me. It drives Amy nuts mm-hmm. because I frustrate her with it. But I'm realistic <laughs> yeah. in knowing that. Realistic in knowing that. Madison Square Garden is probably never going to see me. Uh, TV is probably never going to see me. And I don't know. Am I okay with it? No, I'm not okay with it. But I will. I mean, life happens. But for the the 23, 24-year-old guy out busting his ass, buying new gear, going to seminars, traveling, working, um, you know, working different promotions in different states, trying to, to get a look Sending his stuff in, only to get laughed at behind his back because you know he's not uh, he's not uh, he's an indie worker. He has bad habits. I got a problem with that. I mean, if that's the case, then they should yeah. just camp. They just they should just come out with it and say, look, unless you're from unless we spot you from X and such college, X and such sport, or this or that, you have no shot of working for us ever. Be honest. <laughs> and these guys are either going to either either going to work the territories or work the indies because they love it and because it's still there, or they're they're mm-hmm. going to stop because they realize that it's an illusion. Yeah, I guess Hon- honesty and the business coming together. Imagine that. <laughs> no, it never happened. Never did happen before. But I mean, it was harder mm-hmm. to get in. You know, they 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 tell these yeah. kids all oh, the doors open. Uh, I'm running Joe Blow's wrestling school in Scranton, PA, and we're taking students. And uh, if you work hard and do what we tell you and train and learn the business, uh, one day you may get a shot. Nonsense. Because the guy that's running Joe Blow's <laughs> wrestling school has been in for three years and never amounted to anything, has no connections with national promotions, what the hell is he going to do for you? <laughs> but you get a guy like you get a guy like the assassin, uh, he got Billy and mm-hmm. Mark Gunn to try out in the business less than a year. Why? Because he mm-hmm. had the connections. Because he was a real trainer. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I mean... Miro, Rusev, whatever the hell you want to call it. You better thank God every day for Rikishi. He would have got no trial without yeah, Rikishi. Yeah. Rikishi was a trainer. Exactly. I mean, mm-hmm. Booker T and, and Stevie Ray, those are trainers. You come out of their academy and you get booked nationally, yeah, you earned it. Mm-hmm. Dustin Rhodes, same way. I mean, you know, you, you, got, um, you got Hawk up in Ohio. Phenomenal trainer. Mm-hmm. 
Rip oh, Rogers. Yeah. yeah, you'll get on TV if you're if you're training under Rip Rogers if you're good enough. Mm-hmm. But you know, to the guys in, in these in in these rural towns that you know put up a ring in their freaking garage and uh, oh, I'm a wrestling trainer. Great, what have you done? <laughs> well, I work over here once a month. Awesome. Who have you wrestled that's any mm-hmm. that was you know famous or or uh, you made connections with? Nobody. Okay, great. You're going to train these kids to do what? And you're going to charge them $1,500 a piece to do it. Then you hear crickets. <laughs> exactly. Oh, oh, man. You know, exactly. I mean, it's just, that's the, it used to be the CD underside of our business was, um, was the, um, the mafia controlled, promotions like back east and you know the, the southern mafia mm-hmm. controlled promotions down south right. and you know how they would you know rip off paydays and this and that that used to be the seedy underside of our business now in my mm-hmm. opinion the seedy underside of our business is a bunch of fake ass trainers purporting to uh having the knowledge to make professional wrestlers out of a 112 pound <laughs> kid just stop lying oh my god You know, and then they go, oh, and they go, and they, and they run a show, and you got forty guys on the show, and you drew twelve. Only six of mm-hmm. which have actually paid for a ticket. Right. And these kids are coming in expecting to to work a crowd, and they're working nobody. Which that's okay. We've all been there where we've had crowds of twelve. You know, and that's mm-hmm. why you make you make the best out of it. But, you know, when they're yeah. coming out there and they're actually buying gear and they're buying boots and they're taking time off of work and they're they're believing, for lack of a better term, you're bullshit because you claim that if you, they train with you, they're going to be – they're going to have opportunities to make it. And they work this show in front of nobody and they come back and they've got no envelope because you did a terrible mm-hmm. job of promoting. You know, that's right. the part of the business that, that's garbage right now. Yeah, the blind leading the blind. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, I'm sorry to get a, to get us <laughs> off topic and and and, uh, oh, all right. and get out of my soapbox, but you know, when I do finally retire and I'm not anywhere close to that yet, boy, the shoot interview I'm going to give. Oh, I can only imagine. <laughs> That'd be the one for the ages, right? <laughs> I. I'll never get booking after that again, but I don't care. At that point, I could care less. <laughs> like like Bischoff used to say, controversy creates cash. <laughs> oh, brother, I've been creating controversy since the first time I walked out there. Right. <laughs> there was a – I'll tell you just a, a little story. There was a, a – the company that I broke in with, and I'm, I'm mad at the promoter, so I'm not going to put him over and name his company or name him, so screw him. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm pissed at him right now. <laughs> so eventually we'll make up. We always do. But right now I'm not naming him. Which is your own stupidity. Yeah, of course it is. But anyway, the night before I was supposed to start training, they had an all-roster meeting at their training facility. Mm-hmm. And um, the promoter and his tag partner bring me out into the office. They said, look, we want you to stand in the back. Because I went there straight from, from my real job, and I had a suit on and a, uh, an overcoat because mm-hmm. it was wintertime. And he said, just stand in the back, and then 
when the time comes we're going to call upon you and we want you to tell them that you bought the company and that they're all fired. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can do that. So they went through their meeting and blah, 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 blah. And then they introduced me and I came out and I basically cut a promo on all of them. Untrained. Mm. And fired every last one of them. <laughs> they didn't figure it out until the end that I was ribbing them. So, oh, yeah, wow. I've been creating controversy since the first time I ever appeared. That's what it's about, though, isn't it? I mean, when we were kids oh, yeah. and we were, you know, teenagers and you're watching wrestling, what is a feud? A feud is controversy. Mm-hmm. Look what that guy did to him. He's going to take his title. No, he's not. Yes, he is. No, he's not. How are we going to find out? Well, there, there's a show next month at the International Amphitheater. And what a war zone that place was. Mm. But you spent your money, you bought your <laughs> ticket, and you went there. Right. Right. Yeah, man. Um, goodness. Uh, yeah, you know, if, if it gets started in that book, you have, you have to please keep us informed. That that's, that would be tremendous. I, I would. Oh, are I you would kidding so, me? If, if I ever do the, uh, uh, if I ever do the shoot interview, I'm gonna give you the honors, brother. Oh please. <laughs> yeah, and I'm gonna say here first. Though. Hannibal will have no chance at me. Sorry, Hannibal. I don't like you. You went into business for yourself. You're not a worker. <laughs> You're not one of us. Yes. Oh. So oh, stay goodness. up there in Canada. You... Get your stem cell treatments and never come back here again. <laughs> Do you uh, do you have uh, um, anything you'd like to plug? Yeah, I'm gonna plug you your up, I'm gonna it? plug your network, bro. I mean, in the room, still a, a phenomenal mm-hmm. podcast. Even though you guys don't answer the phone when people call, <clears throat> I stayed on hold for about a half hour and got frustrated and left. Oh god, I I I had no control over that show though. No, but nothing but love for you guys. Nothing but love for Brady. I, I give him a lot of garbage, but no. Love in the room. Love your show. I mean, you're the only podcast I call into. Other than a, oh, a yeah. couple of Thank attempts at in the room, but you're the only podcast I call into. I appreciate you letting uh, me spout off and, and and run <laughs> off at the mouth. Oh, uh, I hope I'm uh, I hope I'm I'm uh, germane to the subject and, and not uh, boring people or, or at oh, the least having people think that I'm putting myself over because I am beyond the time of my career to put myself over. People know who I am. They know what I can do. They're either going to book me or they're not oh, going to book me. At this point, that's what it is. But as far as you, as far as putting things family, over, though, yeah, I mean, as far as putting, family, thank you. And as far as putting, you know, putting things over your podcast in the room, um, I want to put over my next uh, my next appearance, which is May 14th at Squared Circle mm-hmm. Megastars at the world-famous Berwyn Eagles Club in Berwyn, Illinois. Uh, it's going to be a, nice. a very well-put-together, very stacked show. And the tickets are 10 bucks. So, I mean, how can you get four hours worth of entertainment for $10? Oh, what a deal. That's awesome. Yeah, right? And, you know, those are, yeah, my, those are my plugs for tonight. And, again, Stro, awesome. always I appreciate you having me on. It's always fun to talk to you guys. Nope. Uh, always a pleasure having you, brother. Uh, anytime, man. Uh, uh, just make yourself home, man. This is home. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. It's great. And, um, guys, this has been uh, 
Uh, pretty awesome. Uh, what, what a great conversation we've had tonight. Uh, be sure to catch the archives of tonight's show, WWE Retro, and just look for Wrestling Dances. And uh, thank you, big thank you to Brother Chas Moretti for being here, man. It's always a pleasure having him on. And um, uh, we'll be uh, we'll be back next Thursday for more, actually, for WWE Retro. So, um, guys, take care of yourself. Have a rest of the uh, great rest of the week and weekend. And we'll see you guys next uh, Thursday during WWE Retro. Take care. God bless. And now we'll, we'll close out with some free birds. How about that? I mean, we talked a lot about the free birds tonight. Mm-hmm.